Conversations with Christian Women. My name's Tori Walker and this is episode 30-something. It's summertime and so it's time for the Lydia Project's special summer series. Each year my church hosts an evangelistic event uh, which involves interviewing people in front of a live audience and people who come along can find out how Christian people think and just hear a bit more about their life and their story and yeah look you've heard me talk about it before if you've been a long time listener it's always a great night. Uh, We've just had one recently and the theme was a taste of new life and in this episode um, that you're about to listen to it features an interview with Hannah Begg. Now I've known Hannah for about seven or eight years and our whole family just loves Hannah. She's incredibly kind and so interested in the details of how you are it's very hard not to warm to Hannah. We actually have a joke in my family that if you told Hannah you had dry toast for breakfast, she'd find a way of finding that really interesting and just having this really positive and bonding experience with you over it. Of course, there's so much more to Hannah than that. Uh, She's obviously super high on empathy, um, but she's also really opened up in this interview about her genuine struggles with God over the darkness uh, in the world. I'm sure you'll be encouraged as you listen to this interview with Hannah Begg. Hello. Hello. There we go. (laughs) Hello. Thank you, Miranda. As Miranda said, my name is Nikki, for those of you who don't know me, and it's my absolute pleasure to be up here with Hannah. Thank you for joining us, Hannah. Thank you for having me, Nikki. Hello, everyone. Now, I'm a great believer in embracing and thoroughly enjoying desserts, so I think it's appropriate that we just take a moment to hear from you, Hannah, of which dessert you've, or desserts, you've enjoyed tonight. (laughs) It was mighty tempting to get to. Um, I had a beautiful um, berry and pastry number. It was delicious, so thank you, Sandy. I think she made it. And such an important question. Desserts are a highlight always. Now, along with getting to enjoy lovely company with you all and some lovely desserts, We also have the opportunity tonight to hear a little bit about what it is to have a taste of new life in Jesus. And thank you, Hannah, for coming to share with us. Now, for some of us, we know you well. For some of us, you're a new face. But I hope and I'm sure that for all of us, it will be a lovely opportunity to hear what it is for you to taste new life in Jesus and your faith in him. Mm -hmm. Now, Hannah, you grew up in a Christian family, but only came to know Jesus for yourself in late high school. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so late high school was pretty important for me in terms of deciding whether trusting Jesus was something that I wanted to take on for myself or whether it was just something that I told people I did because I'd already always done it and my family always did it. Um, So what happened in late high school was I really decided that if I was going to say that that I was a Christian, then I should probably investigate that. So I put some effort in and um, challenged kind of what I thought and um, yeah it was it was a really exciting time for me because when I searched I did find I found that that was something I wanted to put my trust in and I remember a pretty special moment for me it sounds really simple um, and I hope I can explain it well but I think up until that point when I'd prayed it kind of felt like I was talking to a genie <laughs> asking for things that I wanted and it was quite distant but um, something really special changed in my heart and I felt like I was talking to a friend I felt like God was there and he wanted me to talk to him and he knew about me and that was pretty profound for me at that stage that's great it's great you could really own your faith for yourself and so then after that you went off to uni 
Yes, yes, uni was a big step then. It was very exciting. Um, and I think particularly in terms of where I was at in my faith, it was a really interesting time because I suddenly met all these people that had such different experiences to me. Um, I met people that had grown up in other countries, in other faiths, um, people who had very different ideas. And I really enjoyed chatting to all types of people about what they thought about life and death and spirituality. And I think that's really when my love for those kind of conversations started. Yeah, with all types of people. There was a really cool friend that I made one day at uni. Um, we had an open day market stall for the Christian group I was in. Um, mm-hmm. And a girl came past and we got chatting. We actually started playing Giant Jenga, which I think is a great way to start a friendship, if you're going to start a friendship. And we um, started meeting up and um, I really loved hearing her thoughts. She'd grown up, um, she was on exchange from Singapore. She'd grown mm-hmm. up in, a, in the Muslim faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was investigating that to find out what it meant for her. We caught up one day and I remember we were reading the story, I think it was of Moses in the Old Testament and we read it in the Quran and then in the Bible um, and just unpacking that and sharing our thoughts. It was so awesome and it's something that I loved. That does, sounds really special. So you mentioned as well that you joined a Christian group while you were at uni. Can you tell us a little bit about what that was like? Yeah, I, I really loved being part of this group because there were people there who had such different experiences to me. Up until this point in my life, the Christians I knew, I'd gone to church with my whole life. Um, So we all kind of thought the same way. And it was so healthy, I think, for me to be challenged in what I thought and to be um, asked the questions from other friends saying, Mm. why do you believe that and why would you say that and unpacking it and challenging it. So there were people, um, yeah, people there that really helped me grow in my faith. So we went on camps and we went to Bible studies each week. And, yeah, there were a whole range of people there as well. So I think that was um, an important time for growth for me and a time where I started to love being challenged instead of being afraid of being challenged. Along with meeting new people, making new friends and also really growing in your faith, you also qualified as an occupational therapist, which is a bonus. It is. When you're at uni. (laughs) Um, And you were fresh-faced, you were ready to conquer the world. Yes. And you went straight into working as an OT. Yeah, I was super excited to start work after uni. Um, Really optimistic, nervous, I think, but quite optimistic. So the place that I started working and where I'm still working now is an organisation called Act for Kids. Mm -hmm. Um, and the, the team that I work on is a therapy team mm-hmm. and we work with children who have experienced abuse and neglect. So um, I come from a trauma background um, and they all have involvement with child safety. And I love being an OT because I get to help kids um, learn skills that they need for their life every day. Often these kids are quite behind in their um, development. They might have missed their milestones or um, just not had a chance to play and learn. So it's such a privilege for me to be in their life and I teach them so many fun things. You know, in this room we'll practice jumping and crawling and throwing balls around and, yeah, handwriting and making friends. And I had a really fun moment yesterday, actually. I was just remembering there's a girl I've been working with. She's quite young since the beginning of the year. And when I first met her, she wasn't able to stay calm enough to finish an activity or start an activity, really. And just yesterday we've been working on our cutting skills, (laughs) so doing a lot of fun little activities. And yesterday she... Um, was able to start and finish all the activities we had to do together and just to see her trying so hard. Yeah. Yeah, and the smile on her face. Those moments are really precious to me. And then at the end she even said thank you, which is a very happy surprise for me. Never happens, but um, I did enjoy that. That's not what I'm doing it for, but it was a special moment. (laughs) Hannah, I can see you're really passionate about what you do. Yeah. But I imagine that there are some not-so-great things about the work that you do when I came into this job I was still 21 um, and as you can imagine pretty quickly I came into contact with things that were very scary and very new for me I met a lot of kids and I heard a lot of stories that were really sad and so my enthusiasm got shaken up pretty quickly and there was one 
Yeah, one particular week last year that was really hard for me. Mm. Yeah, so we had um, we had a really special friend that we loved a lot at church, and she passed away that mm-hmm. week. Yeah. Um, we were going to have her funeral on the Saturday that was coming up, and I went into work on that Friday, and something really terrible had happened. Mm. Um, I remember I was standing at the end of the... Um, corridor I think I was laminating some things for a session I had that morning with a, a boy and my manager walked up to me and she said one of the children have have passed away so I remember I I drove home that was the middle of the day and I went home and I remember feeling really um, scared I think I felt quite terrified that there was this darkness in the world and and I knew the world was broken but I felt like I was saying to God is it really really this broken mm. like this is really bad and I remember I came home and I just climbed in bed and I climbed under my covers and I just cried and cried. And yeah, I was asking God, I, think, I don't know if I was asking him anything. I think I just felt like I wasn't sure if he was there. Yep. And I think I po- felt pretty alone. And I wasn't sure if God could understand how I was feeling or how, yep. how broken the world was. So the next few days were really hard. I think I felt, I felt like I had a lot of pressures on me. Like I It was hard to think through all of these Mm. things that I was trying to process. And I had some really beautiful friends that just cared for me well at that time and stayed close to me and practically cared for me while I was um, feeling like I was under so much pressure and I wasn't sure if I could keep going. How did that affect your your faith in Jesus? Yeah, that was a really big question and a really big struggle. Um, Over the next few weeks, I really struggled. I think I was trying to reconcile this God that I knew and I knew things about with this brokenness that I'd just come into contact with. Up until this point, I'd been in this space with God and I felt like, oh, I know you're here and I'm here. And it's like I stepped out of that into this new space and I was really asking, are you here as well? Mm. I needed to know. Or was I there by myself? I was really trying to figure out the things that I knew in theory about God, were they true in practice? And were they strong enough to hold me in that space? Yeah. They are some really huge questions to be wrestling with. Yeah. And those questions didn't go away quickly mm. and those feelings didn't go away quickly. There were lots of moments where I'd feel quite weak and afraid and alone as well, I think. Yeah, I think a, a big fear that um, that came over me then was worrying about the other kids that I had mm. um, and what might happen to them. In the midst of all this, one night I came into um, late church mm. and um, I was feeling really fragile Mm. Um, and we were singing this song and it had a line in it that talks about how Jesus makes Jesus's love is powerful enough to make he makes the orphan a son and daughter that really meant a lot to me um to sing that line with my friends and to hear well I I couldn't sing I stopped singing I was crying um (laughs) my friends were singing and just to hear to hear that we believed this and that we put our faith in that truth that our God's love was um, powerful enough to redeem people and make them children, um, no matter how lost they were. Yeah, that was the start of me not feeling so alone anymore. So, Hannah, you've mentioned to me before that you've sometimes felt that if, if God is good and if he's powerful, then why, like, would, surely he would actually be doing something about all this suffering that you're seeing. Mm what were you experiencing then yeah. in, in the midst of all this? Yeah, that? that was a really big question. I think at first that was a question I was afraid to ask. Yeah. But I think it was so important for me to ask, if my God is powerful and he is good, where is he? Mm. And I did a lot of my thinking um, at night, at the end of a long day, um, in my room with a cup of tea and my Bible. 
And I just had a book um, where I'd write out my questions and draw my questions and I tried really hard to be honest with God. At first that was pretty scary, Mm. but then I came to a point where I thought, I need an answer for these questions. Um, And so I was honest and I asked. Yeah, I think I I was really searching for an answer that could satisfy me in all of these questions. And I discovered something that did help me a lot. In the Bible, God... God was promising to me that one day he will end the suffering in the world when when heaven comes. But not only is there that promise, but the Bible tells us that Jesus already did something for the suffering in the world. And and I found that in the Easter story. And I'd known that story for a long time growing up. But now it meant so much more to me. I used to know that we would talk about Jesus coming as a human and living in this world and dying for sin and the punishment that was there for the sin and then coming back um, victorious over that. But now suddenly that meant so much more to me because I think I knew in a, in a very real way how strong that darkness was that he took on himself when he died. And then when he came back, that, that meant so much more to me because it became a victory. It became um, a message of hope that he was mm. stronger than the darkness that he was fighting. And that was something that I could put my trust in. Realising this really changed the question of whether I could trust God or not. And that's where I decided that I could if he had already done something for the suffering that I was seeing. Mm. That's wonderful. Yeah. Now, you find comfort in an aspect of God's character that is perhaps somewhat surprising. You find comfort in God's anger. Yes, it's definitely not a characteristic of God that we like to talk about very much, but um, it was a special place for me to find comfort. realizing that God is very angry Mm. at the suffering that people experience. Yeah, I think there's there's a lot of different things that I see at work that um, make me angry. Yes. (laughs) Sad, but angry as well. And I think um, seeing kids that don't have anywhere to go, Mm. that might move from house to house, or, yeah, some kids that don't have anyone in their life who has known them long enough to Mm. say, oh, this is what you were like when you were a kid, or... You know, this was your first word. There's no one who knows those things about them. Um, and they've been let down by those adults in their life. So, yeah, things like that make me angry. Um, so I was really questioning if God could could understand how that felt. Um, and over time, as I talked to God about these things, I realised that he, he did share my anger. I yeah. think a, a place that I found a lot of comfort was reading um, in the Bible what Jesus experienced. And suddenly I saw it in a new light. He, mm. he was hurt by his friends, by mm. people he trusted. He was rejected and isolated and um, abused and tortured. He knows what that feels like. Um, and so I felt like I could understand, like I could be understood by, by God. And also I loved reading in the Bible how Jesus cared for people that were so lost um, he sought out people that were suffering and isolated and um, had been let down by other people. Yeah. And the way he cared for them so gently and, and held out hope and healing to them really connected with what I was feeling. So I think um, the questions that I, I had really changed from, um, look, God, don't you know what's happening in your world? Can, mm. you, can you even understand? Instead, my, my um, message to God became, uh, I'm really sad to see what you already knew. You already knew about this, and I'm, I'm really sad to discover it. Yep. And I think um, the more I thought about it, I realized that's how I feel for the handful of kids that I know and I care about. How many more kids are there in the world that are in these situations at the moment? Um, and how many have there been throughout history? 
and it just really overcame me that God knows every single one of them Mm. and their suffering matters to him and he is angry at it. When I thought about the seriousness of the brokenness of the world and how the only thing that could fix it was Jesus' death, I thought, wow, God God does feel angry at this, that the only thing that could fix it was something so awful um, in Jesus dying. So, so on that, with thinking about God's anger and you talking about the cross, mm. how does knowing God's reaction to the injustice that you see and also holding this promise that God will bring justice, how does that change for you in how you get through these tough times? Yeah, yeah, justice is a, a big concept for me. I think working in um, child safety, it's a big concept that's thrown around a lot. But um, for me, justice is something that God promises he will bring. It's something that I trust Jesus is capable of establishing because when he came back from the dead, he promised to be the judge and that to to be the saviour for the world but also the judge to bring um, justice and restore that justice. Um, I think there's a verse that really connected with me in these times that, yeah, the Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. I think when I see kids that I feel might might have been let down by the government, by the decisions of the court or things like that, that verse gives me a lot of hope that I can trust my God to bring justice one day, particularly when I feel powerless, I think, which happens a lot, <laughs> but particularly when um, I need to say goodbye to the kids. I think when I know I, I can't be there and I don't know what's going to happen in their life and I, I'm worried about those things, I find a lot of comfort that God will never leave them and that he loves them and I can I can pray for them and I do um, that God will protect them. It's fantastic to have these promises from God and I imagine you still deal with very broken lives every day. Um, how does having new life in Jesus change how you deal, change you but also how you deal with the work that you do and yeah. what you come across, who you come across? I think at this stage for me in my life, it is what keeps me going. It's what I hold on to each day. My relationship with God feels like a very everyday thing and I need it very much. Yeah, I think I've, I love the metaphors in the Bible where God is described as an anchor and a refuge and a fortress. Sometimes I really need a fortress mm. to hide in and sometimes I need an anchor when the chaos is um, overwhelming. And I love reading those verses, yeah, on my front deck before I go to work in the morning when I don't feel ready to go. Those things really help me. I think um, another thing that helps me keep going is, as I said before, I think like looking to heaven. Um, That is a very real and tangible hope for me Mm. that this world will end one day because that would be a good thing because there are a lot of people that are suffering now. Mm. So that hope um, is something that I pray for and something that I hold on to as well. I remember there was one morning, I think it was, yeah, towards the end of last year, I was um, heading off to work. I was walking down the front stairs and the sun was up and I did not want to be up at all. <laughs> and um, yeah, God reminded me of that verse and, and the way that in heaven there will be no more suffering, mm. that every tear that has ever been shed by any child, he will wipe away. And all the tears that I've shed, <laughs> he will wipe <laughs> away. I've come to the conclusion that Jesus's promises are worth trusting and that they are something that I can hold on to and that I'll never be alone because I've put my trust in him. What an incredible comfort and sure hope. Hannah, thank you so much for sharing with us tonight, really openly and honestly. It's been really wonderful to hear from you how you've wrestled with 
God with really difficult things, really tough and real issues and how he's grown you through that and taught you things and changed you and worked through you. Yeah. I know I've been really challenged and encouraged and I'm sure many people here tonight have as well. So thank you very much, Hannah. Thank, thank you. you.